Welcome to the Business Meets Soul podcast. I'm your host, Tara Hegarty, and on this show, you can expect powerful, soul-shifting conversations to help you effortlessly expand, align your energy, and unlock your infinite potential in life and business. Because your definition of success isn't determined by an endpoint or goal. For you, success is the byproduct of being who you are, doing what you love, and living in alignment with your soul. Are you ready to anchor into deeper layers of abundance, service, and freedom together? Let's dive in. Hey there, welcome back to the show. Today, we had an amazing conversation with Guy Bennett, the brilliant mind behind the College of Kinesiology. We dove deep into the fascinating world of kinesiology, a holistic therapy that explores the beautiful interplay between our physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. It was truly eye-opening to hear Guy's unique perspective on how modern science and ancient wisdom can merge together in this field. Guy has been practicing kinesiology since 1997 and has authored many kinesiology courses. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Biology and Genetics and is an instructor of Qigong, Tai Chi, and Meditation. Join us as we delve into this unique perspective on the intersection of science and spirituality. Hey, Guy, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. As a current student of yours, I'm thrilled to be talking to you today. Your classes continue to be the highlight of my month, and I'm always captivated by your stories, your wisdom and your ability to make complex concepts accessible to everyone. So I'm incredibly excited to have this opportunity to chat with you and share more about your work and your insights of kinesiology. Well, thank you so much, Tara. I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing what I can with you today. So it helps people with their understanding and appreciation of kinesiology. Guy, I've got to say my journey into the world of kinesiology has been quite a trip. It all started when a close friend of mine mentioned it to me not too long ago, but it wasn't until I actually tried it for myself that everything, I guess, clicked into place. I had my first session with Carly, one of the practitioners at the college, and I walked in with some knee pain. (laughs) But little did I know that it would actually lead me down a path of self-discovery and a newfound passion for understanding the body. And at the time, I was actually enrolled in a master's program for holistic counselling, but something just didn't feel quite right to me. And then I learned about kinesiology, this incredible practice that combines energy work, nutrition, neurology, physiology. And it was like, oh my goodness, this like whole light bulb went off in my head. And I knew I had to dive deeper into studying the body. And funny enough, back in my university days, I started a science degree in human movements, but I couldn't see myself building a future in that field. So I ended up switching gears to events and marketing. And now here I am coming full circle to embrace the wonders of the human body. It's been an amazing journey so far. But let's talk about you, Guy. You've been a kinesiologist for over 25 years, which is incredibly impressive. I'm curious, what inspired you to establish the College of Kinesiology? And how did you first become interested in kinesiology? Well, the formation of the College of Kinesiology was 
uh, a natural progression mm. from my interest in kinesiology and my passion for it. Uh, I didn't really have a plan to set up a college. It just really just formed around me as time went on, which was just an extension of my passion really for the kinesiology and my my passion for helping other people to embrace kinesiology as well who were interested in it. Um, so for me, um, you know, when I, when I left high school, I started uh, a science degree in genetics, biology, and with a lot of biochemistry as well. And, um, and I went on after doing that degree uh, into financial services, which was very different. I was sort of involved in you know, the futures market, the stock market, and then later on financial planning and in the heady days of the, night, the 80s. Um, and, you know, at a, at a young age of 24, I'd, I'd done my dash in financial services and needed to get out. And uh, I whiplashed into developing a passion for natural health and spirituality. That was like my new focus after studying science and doing financial services. And I've had this sort of desire to become a therapist of some type that in a, in a realm that involved um, healing, spirituality, um, energy work, all of those things interested me and, and also obviously the physical body interested me with my background in science. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it just started me on a, on a journey. But I didn't feel ready yet to be a therapist and I went on a big self-exploration journey for about six years. And then at a certain point a, a little bell went off inside me and, it was telling me it was time to become a therapist. And I started researching different modalities, um, which included kinesiology, but also a lot of other different natural therapies, such as homeopathy, acupuncture, um, even channeling I was interested in. Um, but the kinesiology just stood out to me. It was just a little bit more captivating than all the other things. And, I saw it had this huge untapped potential that hadn't been explored yet, which I was keen to investigate. Uh, but I also saw it had this huge potential to do almost anything for anybody under any situation. I saw it was it basically dismantled blocks at a very deep level, which allowed people to be themselves more fully uh, in a way that I didn't see any other therapy addressing. Mm. And so that sort of launched my career as a practitioner and uh, there weren't really any colleges accessible at that time for me. Um, the college uh, colleges of kinesiology were just starting at that time. And from memory, um, I remember you mentioning that that you were just a bit of living room kind of scenarios where people would go around and learn workshops with with people. Is that right? That's that right. When it yeah. started, yeah. That's right. And it was very, very uh, hodgepodge, like it wasn't very structured learning. Mm. Um, 
And I feel that my science background helped me kind of reinterpret and reorganise and reformat a lot of the information I was learning into a more coherent structure um, that later on um, formed the foundation of the college material. So I was aware at the time that people weren't getting it mm-hmm. the way they could potentially if they were taught in a more coherent way. So that was in the back of my mind that it would be good one day in the future to have some sort of facility that taught people in a much more structured way that allowed the people that wanted to learn it to learn it and not get put off by the disjointed nature of how it was taught back then. And so do you think your background in biology and genetics did inform how you approached kinesiology and shared that? Yeah, well, definitely. And and it wasn't just what it gave me, it's also what it didn't give me. So mm. science didn't give me a lot of answers. It didn't satisfy a lot of questions. It seemed quite limited in lots of ways. And I had a lot of unanswered questions that the realm of spirit and the realm of natural medicine um, answered. Mm. So, so both both supported me, but also um, gave me a hunger for more information that wasn't available uh, through you know traditional scientific avenues. And was there something personally that triggered your interest in kinesiology at all? Anything physically or um, that you wanted to that you just weren't getting the answers, and you knew that there was some more information, and that's what drew you, drew you to kinesiology? Where was where was the where was the, um, I'm just trying to think of that line that you well, that you started well, to follow. One of the things that I battled with all my life was dyslexia. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, challenged me in school and at uni. Um, and I noticed that the kinesiology really helped me a lot with that. Like it, I could see through getting regular kinesiology, my ability to process information and my ability to... Um, do the things that my dyslexia blocked mm-hmm. uh, were improving constantly while I was getting kinesiology. So that was quite inspiring for me. And then to go on to create a college after that, that's an incredible, Guy. Uh, Guy, it seems that the term kinesiology is kind of often uh, misunderstood or mistaken for kind of other disciplines or practices. Could you explain to our listeners what kinesiology is and how it works, I think that's really important for people to, to get a grasp of. Certainly, Tara. Um, well, the word itself, kinesiology, could be broken into two parts, the kinesi, which is relating to movement, and the ology, which is the study of or science. So the word itself means the science of movement. And the science of movement is quite profound when you think about it because life and movement go hand in hand. Uh, and when movement's obstructed, the, the life force is obstructed. And when the life force is blocked, then movement is blocked as well in different ways. So that can be in relation to the movement of a cell, the movement of tissue, uh, the movement between articulating bones, the movement of muscles, the movement of the cerebrospinal fluid through the cranium. All of these things um, reflect 
health, and health is reflected in movement. So the word is very generic um, and doesn't really specifically describe what it is. Um, and there's three different avenues that kinesiology appears. So one is uh, in relation to human movement studies and physiotherapy. Uh, and in the realm of academia, kinesiology basically is the biomechanics of movement, which is looked at um, in relation to the outcomes of human movements, physio, uh, sports science, etc. Um, and it's more of a study that informs other areas for other benefits. Um, and then there's um, the origins of kinesiology as a therapy, which is uh, applied kinesiology. And so applied kinesiology evolved out of um, chiropractic um, and it was based on the research of uh, uh, two physiotherapists called Kendall and Kendall in the 1950s and then previous to that in 1914 there was Dr Lovett who published a paper on the on um, uh, yeah, manual muscle monitoring or manual muscle testing. Uh, and he he first used muscle testing, which is the single defining feature of kinesiology, uh, to assess uh, the nerve damage in polio victims. People, children who'd suffered polio were assessed uh, and he could get quite detailed information about where the nerves were damaged during the polio and, to, and how the muscles were affected to what extent. And this was used to inform uh, physiotherapists at the time on how to help the re rehab of uh, children who'd suffered from polio. And so that was the, you know, the first recorded sort of scientific origins of uh, manual muscle testing. Mm -hmm. um, and then later on, as I mentioned before, uh, Florence and Henry Kendall, they um, uh, added to... Dr. Lovett's papers. Um, and then uh, in the 1960s, Dr. George Goodhart, a chiropractor, um, was doing some research and stumbled across um, Florence and Henry, Henry Kendall's work. Uh, and, and he used that as an um, investigative foundation um, in his clinic and started to notice amazing results from it. And that began uh, the beginnings of kinesiology as a therapy, which was applied kinesiology, which is taught within the realms of chiropractic. And it's like an extra course that chiropractors can do uh, to help their chiropractic outcomes. And then in the 1970s, one of the chiropractors broke ranks and started a layperson course called Touch for Health, and that was the beginning of non-chiropractic kinesiology, um, which what I do today is an extension of. Yeah, amazing. And um, I think everyone um, has either heard of Touch for Health. And so um, it's relatively a, a, a new modality. Uh, I know it's around 55 years old, so it's still developing and, and, and evolving. Uh, I, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about um, kinesiology 
uh, you know, it's obviously described as this holistic therapy that does look at structure, energy, emotions, neurological issues and everything, and it addresses those root causes of certain health problems. What are the most common issues that you see or have seen in your practice and how do you help clients kind of address those issues? Well, often when people uh, seek out a kinesiologist, they've tried more traditional methods for their issues. Yeah. Uh, and then they haven't got the results that they wanted and they start looking in other avenues and sometimes people get referred to a kinesiologist and try it out. So often uh, you, you see people with chronic health conditions or uh, chronic emotional sort of states that they're stuck in that aren't serving them. Um, and also, you know, long-term structural problems that traditional methods, uh, you know, for, for back pain and sporting injuries, et cetera, that aren't working. So people often come in with chronic conditions that they haven't had success with. And, you know, they're willing to try something new to get results. So uh, that's often what we see presenting in the clinic. Uh, and so as a consequence, um, the kinesiology takes a completely different position, uh, if you like, to normal methods of treatment because the treatment's based on the responses of the subconscious. So the muscle monitoring is a tool to tap into responses from the subconscious. So the practitioner is establishing a dialogue not with the conscious mind of the client, but with the subconscious mind of the client. And what we found is that that subconscious mind can interface with all levels of the client's well-being. It can access biochemical, genetic, cellular information. Uh, it can access uh, information about the client's energy systems, such as chakras and meridians and auric fields and what have you. It can access information about the state of their neurology so which parts of their nervous systems might be congested or blocked that need support. Um, it can access uh, historical information about their emotional states, so unresolved emotions from their infancy that they don't actually consciously remember can be disclosed and, and supported in the resolution process with the muscle testing. So, so, it's, so it's a tool for tapping into this inner wisdom that's inside the body. And I think that's where the disconnection occurs between, um, you know, more alternative people and more kind of rigorous scientific people. The rigorous scientific people struggle to believe that there is this innate awareness that can basically tell you what's going on and tell you what's going wrong and tell you what you, what you need in order to resolve it. Yeah, and... That's that's where I want to lead to because I think, you know, I didn't realise um, until I actually started studying kinesiology um, firsthand, like how comprehensive uh, it actually is and the depth and the breadth um, that it covers, as you mentioned, all those different systems and body systems that you dive into. And there's so many different pathways that you can um, take with kinesiology by the body, um, by the body's innate awareness and innate intelligence and it's an incredible modality um, that offers you insights to things that you haven't really considered or you 
know in the back of your mind, but it comes to the forefront and it really starts to shift things very quickly. I, I do want to dive into, because some people, um, as we're just talking about the science aspect of it, so some people might actually be sceptical about the effectiveness of alternative therapies like kinesiology. How do you respond to those criticisms and what evidence supports the use of kinesiology? Well, I think it's absolutely natural that people are sceptical about kinesiology because the claim that we're making is that there's an inner oracle inside yourself and the kinesiology is a way of tapping into that inner oracle. Mm. Um, so the first approach is like, yeah, I'd be sceptical too if I didn't know it worked already. Um, and I think it's really it's a really healthy response that people just don't assume that it's going to work because it, it makes some serious claims. Um, so, yeah, so the first point is like acknowledging that the scepticism, I think, is a, is a healthy thing um, because, you know, there's not a lot that goes on in our modern world that supports the thinking that kinesiology offers. Um, but some of the things that have gone on, like there's been different studies done in kinesiology. Uh, one of one of the studies um, was done by uh, Dr. Anna Rolf, um, who who's who, who was an orthopedic surgeon, <clears throat> and she basically left. Um, her successful practice to become a kinesiologist and later went on to do a, a PhD uh, thesis on kinesiology and it was entitled The Phenomena of the Accurate Indicator Muscle and that was published in 1997. Um, Anna Rolfs uh, still lives in Australia. Uh, she's, she's from Germany originally. Um, and, uh, and and there was another study done um, by Dr. Ann Jensen, who did a PhD on the accuracy and precision of kinesiology-style manual muscle testing, and she did that at Oxford University and it was published in 2014. And both of those papers showed through extensive evidence-based study that muscle testing is highly accurate and on par statistically and uh, uh, with widely accepted medical testing, um, which was quite phenomenal. And a lot of the, the peers at Oxford University found it hard to believe and the experiments were repeated and each time they were validated through um, evidence-based um, scientific methods. So that explains, it will validate the process of muscle testing disclosing hidden information about the state of the body um, one of my uh, main and most loved teachers, Dr. Charles Krebs, um, he was doing some preliminary research with um, MRI. So they've, they've, they've done studies that have shown that different uh, mental health conditions will show up in MRI scans. Um, so they'll see different, you know, hot spots and cold spots in the brain. Uh, 
in relation to different conditions such as OCD and panic anxiety disorder and things like that that show up in different people. Um, so Dr. Krebs would um, do an MRI scan on um, a client with a condition and it would show up like a classical profile of that condition and then he would do a kinesiology balance on that person with that condition and then put them back into the MRI machine and do another scan and their brains would show a normal profile after the kinesiology balance. Mm. So there weren't formal papers published. He just did preliminary studies on it. He, he, he struggled to get the funding for it, um, but it was definitely very interesting and what was initially shown was um, quite mind-blowing. And, yeah, and, and I think having it's, – it's important, isn't it, to have those – um, papers or even those evidence-based um, research articles um, to support kinesiology. And I think, you know, even just those, um, especially Dr. Charles Krebs, you know, has a lot of research to support its effectiveness. And uh, I think once you experience it and see it firsthand too and you experience the shifts, you do understand the power of kinesiology and uh, the uh, the evidence that you've just shared with us that really does support um, the, the modality as well. Mm. Oh, I just think that, that that it's really the experience of it that validates mm. it for most people. So yeah. often people come sceptical, which I totally accept and understand. Even Dr. Charles Krebs himself, um, he was a very hard-nosed scientist and was very sceptical about all this sort of uh, alternative stuff. Um, until he had his um, scuba diving accident where he got the bends and it destroyed a third of his brain stem um, and he got like nitrogen bubbles forming in his brain. He, he spent, um, I think the, he's got the world record for time spent in a barometric, a bar, a barometric chamber um, because of the incident. But anyway, he, he had massive brain damage um, and no one thought he'd ever walk again, but he was a very determined and motivated individual, and uh, he ended up, you know, willing himself to activate uh, muscle pathways while he was lying in bed in a hospital and ended up um, walking out of hospital with a walking frame but okay. still walked out of hospital. Um, and then he went on to try and solve, uh, solve why he had these problems, um, and one of the things he tried was kinesiology, um, which he would never have done if he didn't have the accident. And he had profound shifts in his mobility after the, the, the his, his first kinesiology session, um, and that inspired him to, to devote his life to kinesiology. Mm. Uh, yeah, his, his book is very impressive. I've read it, The um, Revolutionary Way of Thinking, uh, and his story just resonates with um, with me at um, a very personal level. Like I, my brother um, ended up walking out of a hospital too, being um, claimed to be a paraplegic, um, but it just it showed me um, firsthand that the mind-body connection, and it's incredible to have someone like Charles Krebs um, really take um you know, the, the modality of kinesiology and bring it to the forefront of alternative therapies and um, and support, you know, people on a physical level and uh, and um, neurological level as well. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Um, it's a great book, great read actually. Um, 
I, he has I, another I, great book called Energetic Kinesiology as well, which um, I highly recommend. Oh, yes, yes. That's a brilliant book, actually. It shows you the um, different techniques um, that energetic kinesiology um, uses. It's really, yeah, that's really effective, actually, because it shows you where you where you actually hold your, your information and your hips and how to, yeah, stack information. Yeah, it's a really good resource. I agree. Uh, I, I want to talk about um, your course um, because I know you've written numerous courses um, in kinesiology over the years, and I want to really dive in and just hear more about what some of the most important lessons that you hope your students take away from your teachings? The number one thing I want my students to walk away with is, is, is confidence and a strong skill base so that they can establish a successful practice. So that's the number one thing. Um, but in the background, um, I also want them to understand the nature of the healing process the human healing process and i also understand how people get themselves into a position where they're unwell sick have issues etc um i feel that the general public because of the nature of modern medicine don't actually understand how the body heals so Modern medicine is highly interventional, so it uses, um, you know, drug therapy, surgery and other mechanisms to intervene in the function of the body to support the alleviation of symptoms. But kinesiology is quite different in that it seeks not to fix the body but bring back online the natural healing mechanisms of the body. So if someone has like a chronic health condition, the reason they have that chronic health condition is because sometimes at some time in the past, their self-healing mechanism, their natural inbuilt self-healing mechanism deactivated for some reason. And because it deactivated, the uh, health condition was able to manifest. And so rather than treat the symptoms of the health condition um, to support the body to overcome it, kinesiology is more concerned in looking at the reason why the self-healing mechanisms that relate back to that health condition went offline in the first place. And that might precede the onset of symptoms by decades in some cases and um, when we boil it down it all comes back to unresolved stress so there's some sort of stressor that's affected that particular client in the past and they haven't been able to resolve it and because they haven't been able to resolve it it's basically taken up real estate within the neurology of the client within the energy of the client within the physiology of the client and within the structure of the client. So these, the, this unresolved stress is now just sitting somewhere, reducing the efficiency of the body and over time leading to the manifestation of disease. So kinesiology takes on the approach of, A, 
finding out what is the, the original causes behind the problem through asking questions with the muscle testing process. And secondly, once that's established, finding out what support that that particular person needs at that particular time in order to kickstart the natural healing process so that the client can then themselves overcome the condition, which they were pre-designed to do, but for some reason was blocked. Yeah, that the concept of self-healing is fascinating. And I think there's so many people that are seeking ways to really tap into their own innate healing abilities. Um, so, Guy, in your experience with kinesiology, what role does the self-healing process play and how do you empower individuals to take an active role in their own healing journey? Can you share some practical techniques or insights that can help people unlock their self-healing potential? The interesting thing is it's unique for everybody mm. in the sense that everyone will have a unique emotional stress and a unique situational uh, issues from their past that basically aggregate over time that cause blocks that lead to a condition. Um, and the solution is really based on the understanding the unique circumstances uh, that cause the stress. And then secondly, approaching it with fresh eyes in present time to um, look for solutions to step beyond it. So I've always said that good choices makes kinesiology easy. So once the client understands the nature of the problem that caused the problem in the first place, then the client then is required to make new choices about how they want to move uh, move forward in their life without this issue. And so the, the kinesiology defines the landscape and then the client makes the choices to navigate the landscape in a new way. And then once that's established, then the muscle testing can look for other aids and other support that will uniquely help that client to move forward. One of the um, main things that comes up when we do kinesiology is um, blocked emotion, like an emotional issue. Yeah. Often people are plagued with emotional issues and often um, these emotional issues are behind a lot of phys physical problems and health problems that people have. Mm. Um, and But when we explore emotions more deeply, it's not so much the emotion that's the issue. Um, it's actually um, their judgment around the emotion that's an issue. So when we feel uh, difficult emotions arising, um, instead of trying to eradicate that emotion, we need to learn to sit with it and feel it and breathe through it so that we're not enemies with that emotion. And when we stop being enemies with that feeling, then the, the, the blocked emotion starts to move. And when it moves, um, it's, it, the healing process kicks in. And so would you say that emotions are, you know, a lot of people say they're energy in motion. Mm -hmm. um, so is that, would you say that's energy in motion or blocked energy in that person? 
Yeah, so an emotion um, relates to an energy, you know, it relates to the movement of energy. Um, it relates to being alive. And we already established that kinesiology is about the science of movement. So when the emotions aren't moving, when they're stuck, that's when we have a block. So by sitting with a feeling, breathing, and and just letting it pass in its own natural way rather than trying to preempt it um, solves a lot of problems for a lot of people. Mm, and moving through emotions is a transformative process and kinesiology is one of those modalities that can really support that journey. And I feel holding space for people is a powerful practice and allowing people to express and, and, and process their emotions in a safe and supportive environment is key. Is that what got you into Qigong and meditation? Because meditation can help cultivate mindfulness and awareness and allows us to observe our emotions. And Qigong, which uses gentle movement and breath work, really assists the flow of energy. Are these the tools that you drew upon to help aid this process too? I definitely have to say yes. Uh, they started before the kinesiology for me, so I started doing uh, tai chi meditation before I started doing kinesiology. So uh, when I left financial services and needed a new start in my life, I started to explore different self-help tools like these ones that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they've stayed with me till present day, so there's still things that I do in practice. Um, and, yeah, they've definitely helped inform the kinesiology. I feel that I've had unique studies and unique instructors that have cross-pollinated and created uh, insights that have, you know, deeply informed the kinesiology and also helped me to be able to um, stay strong and stable while being in a clinical environment. When you're a kinesiologist, you're a little bit like an urban shaman. You've, you've, you've moved out of the, the mainstream into like a non-linear uh, reality, but we live in a very kind of rational, linear world, um, and th those tools just help to stabilise you in the world of the kinesiology urban shaman. Oh, I totally love that term, urban shaman. <laughs> it's like being a modern-day medicine man with a twist. You know, it's those non-linear tools like we mentioned that really give us the, the insights and alignment to really stay true to this role. So I've had a few people ask me how I manage to support others in reaching their full potential while keeping that sacred space for them to go through their own stuff. They want to know how I maintain that energetic integrity throughout and even after the process. And my response is that I set up my energy and space for each client, along with calling in universal energy to support the session. But I'm curious, what would you say if someone asked you the same thing? Um, well, initially, when you, uh, when you go into clinic, um, you often uh, attract um clients that have similar issues to yourself and um, we get activated if you like uh, by our clients 
And so it's important to have, you know, kinesiology support network so that when you notice that you're getting activated, you um, seek kinesiology to resolve the source of the activation within you. And so the next time you have a similar client, then you're not activated in the same way. So it's not as draining or challenging. So that's one very important strategy. And so a lot of that's covered during the kinesiology training program while people are learning. Like we have a very kind of growth-focused learning process. So instead of just being focused on learning the techniques, we're also focused on clearing our own blocks and issues as we go. Um, And so by the time people graduate, they've worked through a lot of the blocks that would have got in the way um, in their practice. Um, But then while they're in their practice and they do still bump into things, um, they've got a support network there to help them through it and not just sort of pushing against it and wearing themselves down. Mm. Similarly, when we do kinesiology, it's a very powerful process because it gets right to the heart of the issue and it dismantles the issue. And it catalyzes big changes in the energy field of the client. And the practitioner standing over their client while they're treating them um, is basically getting barraged by the energy shifts day in, day out. Um, And it's very important to have um, some tools that keep your energy strong. Um, that keep your energy robust so that it doesn't wear away um, the Wei Qi, which is the protective Qi that stops the body um, getting sick and unhealthy. So as part of the complement of being an urban shaman kinesiologist, um, it's wise to adopt practices that support the strong energy flow and robust uh, energy protection um, that gets worn down um, through clinic. Mm, And finding what works for you in terms of building your chi or life force energy is crucial. And my practices have shifted slightly depending on where I am in life. Uh, I use meditation and qigong. I use music and chanting. Uh, Sunrise walks for me is a massive one because there's something truly rejuvenating about taking walks in the morning sunlight connecting with nature and it helps just to set this positive tone for the day and I feel by engaging in these practices you're nurturing yourself and creating a solid foundation of energetic balance and it's through this personal alignment that you can hold that sacred space for others and support them on their own journeys Guy, I've not only witnessed the profound impact you've had on countless individuals at the college, but also with your clients. One particular story that struck me deeply was Sherigal's. This 65-year-old man was dealt a devastating blow when he was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer. His PSA count was off the chart and the cancer had spread throughout his bones and it was a, a dire situation to say the least. But here's where the magic unfolded. Within a mere four months, his life took a miraculous turn. He courageously embraced a new path, making significant changes to his diet and embracing the healing power of basking in the gentle rays of the morning sun. And to add to that, he sought out kinesiology balances, which proved to be an integral part of his transformative journey. 
and against all odds, he emerged completely free from cancer and the medical professionals were left astounded and unable to comprehend the remarkable turnaround he had. And I must express my deep gratitude for the profound impact that you've made by bringing this modality to the forefront and making it accessible to so many. Your dedication expertise has enabled countless individuals to experience the life-altering power of kinesiology. Guy, as someone deeply immersed in the field of kinesiology, where do you see its future heading? I mean, there's so many advancements in science and in technology and our understanding of the mind-body connection. How do you envision kinesiology evolving in the coming years? Well, I see kinesiology at the forefront of mind-body medicine because it gives such accurate, detailed information about the hidden determinants behind our issues and problems. So, you know, science has been the rational, the linear. Um, However, you know, at the turn of last century with the advent of Albert Einstein and Niels Bohr, they dawned the beginning of the non-linear reality of science. Mm. And while that's all proven and accepted, um, the tradition of linear thinking in science uh, is still very prominent. Um, and it's the it's the the new visionaries of science who are introducing much more abstract nonlinear concepts which are more in line with how the universe actually works and how the body actually works. And so we're really at a very interesting time in history because you know the rivers are running together, you know the knowledge of science and spirituality are coming together. and I see, kinesiology personally is the ultimate integration tool so Mm. it integrates you know the hemispheres of your mind it integrates you know the physical and spiritual um, and it integrates uh, the scientific and the spiritual abstract so um, I I believe um, you know kinesiology has a very very important place to play in the future of medicine, mind-body medicine, health and healing, and the optimization of the human potential. Um, And, you know, we're definitely seeing that at the college. We're definitely seeing more and more people, you know, ripe and ready to absorb that information much more than, say, 10 years ago. Um, I think a lot of the work that's been done with a lot of the scientists and, um, you know, uh, popular people like you know Joe Dispenza and what have you are kind of bridging gaps and people are really sparking to it. It's really its time. And uh, yeah, I see it as you know one of the most significant health developments of last century. I really do, and I really see it you know um, taking off. And that's why the college is so important to me because the college seeks to give people a really strong foundation. And the more people that are out there with a strong foundation that can deliver solid, profound kinesiology, um, we'll put it in good stead for the future for, to be used as a resource. So, um, you know, I see the 
what I'm doing with the college is sort of very, very important to create that sort of foundational knowledge for practitioners moving forward into an exciting future. Mm. Yeah, the, so the future of kinesiology does hold great potential as as our understanding of the mind-body connection continues to expand and evolve uh, and integrate potentially with other disciplines in exciting ways. It's really exciting, Guy. Uh, I'm glad to be on, on the path um, and, and in the energy of kinesiology and uh, see where it goes to. Guy, thank you so very much for taking the time to share your expertise and insights with me today. Your passion for kinesiology and its support in holistic healing is truly inspiring. I appreciate your willingness to share your personal journey and your expertise in blending modern science and ancient spiritual traditions. So thank you, Guy. Thank you so much, Tara. It's been wonderful. I'm really, really happy to... um, yeah, share what I can um, with your audience. And, um, yeah, I'd really love to, you know, do this again sometime. Um, and, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Guy. It, it really has been a pleasure to speak with you. And, yes, I feel like we could go deeper on a few aspects of kinesiology. If you are interested in exploring kinesiology, I highly recommend checking out the College of Kinesiology's website kinesiologycollege.edu.au and then definitely go and experience it for yourself. Receive kinesiology specifically from someone who has graduated from the college or a student of the college to really have that experience for yourself. And I think once you experience the power of it and you're still interested in learning more and potentially studying it, then by all means attend the, the road test weekend And the road test is an experience where you learn more about the modality and you get a greater understanding about the depth of theory provided and the logistics of the short course and the diploma that the college offers. For me, since studying kinesiology uh, and to think of who I was just 18 months ago when I started on this path, it's almost like two different people. It's been a transformational journey. So for me personally to have received balances and experiencing the shifts during my studies has completely changed my view of the world and the power of us beings has really significantly shifted too. And I think I had an inkling that there was more out there, but now I have this this inner knowing and that is one thing that we lack in humanity is really not understanding our own power, our own sovereignty and what we are truly capable of. And for me, kinesiology connects us to that. It, it, it bridges that gap. And I really believe that it should be at the forefront of healing, just like I suggested. You know, it should be the modality that we use to communicate with that innate intelligence to really understand ourselves in a deeper way. So for me, it's changed everything about my existence and my life in a really positive way. So I have a lot of deep gratitude for the college for you, Guy, as my teacher and mentor, and the modality of kinesiology and its future. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, take care. All right, friends, that concludes today's conversation. If it lifted your spirit or touched your soul, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a review and subscribe to this podcast so that more souls can be impacted by these life-changing conversations. And if you're not ready for this episode to end, head over to tarahegarty.com to get the show notes for today's episode. 
I love you so much and thank you for being here. I'll see you next week for another episode of Business Meets Soul.